Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10. That's 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And we're going to bring you up to date with what's going on in the wonderful world of HR and employment law. So, Kimberly, um, other than the exciting news that you've had your second vaccine, you're doing well from that this time. Yes, I didn't have such an extreme reaction. Uh, I was braced and ready. I've cancelled everything and I was grim, but now I'm bouncing back and it wasn't as bad as the first time. Back on form for HR in 10. There we go. The first thing I think we ought to mention in all seriousness, I think last week we talked about the right to work checks and um, you may remember about a year ago when this process started, the government relaxed the way in which employers must check someone's identity. Mm. Um, In the past, you've had to see a passport, as it were, in the flesh, if you can see a passport in the flesh. But you you actually have to, when you meet the candidate, then show you your passport and then take a copy of it. And if you do that, that is an acceptable defence if it emerges later that you've actually hired somebody who doesn't have the legal right to work. We mentioned last week that the government had decided the end of lockdown was coming. Covid was over and so everybody had to check passports in reality again, having been able to do them online for the past year. The government have backed down a little bit. So if you were worrying about this, the great news is you've now got up until the 21st of June where you can still do video checks of passports. The really big thing I would say, anyone who's worrying about this, is as long as you don't hire an illegal worker, this isn't a problem to you. Um, So uh, it's not a reason not to do the checks this way, but if you go on to hire, then subsequently when they start work, when you meet with them, ask them to bring the passport in and you protect yourself anyway. My own feeling, I don't know what yours is, Kimberly, my own feeling is the government are probably going to back down again and go back to digital. I think they should, whether they will or not, I think they probably will. I think you're right. I think this also has a number of benefits for individuals who are potential employees because, as we know, many people um, are already in a job and they're working their notice and they go straight from one job to another. And so finding time to come in before they start with their passport and all their background stuff is a challenge. Mm. But also, I think it's much safer for individuals. I remember an occasion where we had a client that came in and um, we had to do background checks, Mm. uh, proof of address, and also anti-money laundering checks. And he brought all of his paperwork in in a briefcase. We went out for lunch and he left his briefcase on the table with all his documents on it. Lovely. Uh, now, fortunately, we spotted and, and caught him before it had become a problem. But wandering around with those documents is a big risk for identity theft. It is. It is. And, you know, equally, I don't like the idea of sending passports through by email. One of the things we've done during this crisis, so we do IT checks by video and uh, we do a short video where we ask somebody to hold up their passport to the camera and we record it. And then you can upload it to a portal we've got. So it's secure. But you're right. It's about keeping this secure is important. Yeah. My, My own view is the right thing is to keep digital. And the reason I think it's the right thing 
is I think there's a large extent to which jobs are going to stay digital. We've all learned so much through this crisis about working remotely that it's going to be a new part of the, you know, the working world. And you probably will meet most of your people at some point during the first few months of employment, but it's not essential anymore. Um, mm. And I, I think, therefore, the government are just going to have to uh, accept the new reality and adjust the processes. And advances in technology mean that, you know, there's absolutely, there'll be so many ways very soon that you can do it in a slightly different way to a yes. video that we've been talking about. Yeah. And, you know, it seems a shame not to take advantage of. Absolutely. There are some... There are some wonderful online checks now for things like the European settlement status. So if somebody has a settled status, they can give an employer a code, they can type that code in and get a certificate confirming that they validated their identity. And we may see advances like that. So I think this is a temporary problem. The yeah. government are going to have to change in my view because I don't I just don't see how you can say, "No, go back to seeing passports in person." The world has moved. So mm. Um, that we talked about uh, live last week. It's changed since we talked live last week. So that's the joys of doing these things. While saying we are live, Kimberly is feeling slightly delicate after her jab. But I do add most weeks, we are live. So if you have a question, type it in on YouTube and Kimberly will panic and run away from the camera rather than answer. So oh, if that happens, it's purely vaccine related. Um, of, of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about the economy because it's it's looking quite interesting at the moment, isn't it? It is. Was it last week or the week before where um, I think I mentioned that the prediction for the economy was to grow at the fastest rate since the 1920s, which is yes. very exciting. Yes. And there's already indicators out there, aren't there? there? There's loads. We've got a range of things going on. We've got, um, and I think this is a wonderful job title. I've got to actually look at my notes to see this. The Chief Pandemic Modeler. I love that job title. The Chief Pandemic Modeler, uh, a guy called Graham Medley, is forecasting we could be back to normal fully by the end of this year. There are a few others within the SAGE committee predicting other things, but overall it's looking incredibly positive. We're looking at rates of economic growth that we just haven't seen, as you said, I think last week you said since the 20s. The one that caught my attention this week is the Bank of England are suggesting we may be at pre-pandemic levels before the end of this year and that's suggesting Rishi Sunak has a 20 billion surplus in expected tax revenues. So there's quite a lot of changes going on. But where that gets interesting for me, um, both in HR terms and because ASL is a recruitment focused business, is what's going on at the rates of growth um, in recruitment advertising. Have you seen the kind of forecast coming out of the REC on that? I, I have. I can't remember what the stats are. I'm sure you've got that to hand. But certainly there's been a huge surge in vacancies. And we mentioned this also a couple of a week or so ago, that um, there's going to be a real war for talent with employers. There is. There is. And this ties into apprenticeships and whatever else. I, I always love it when people say something has happened more than since records began. And I've got one of those. Um, we've actually got the rate of growth in recruitment advertising, in roles being advertised. Um, 
It's not that we have more of them being advertised. The rate at which it's accelerating yeah. is the fastest since records began. Now, wow. I ought to add that records began in 1997, which <laughs> to you and I doesn't seem that long with a little bit of grey hair going on here. But um, actually, that's 23 years. That's quite a long time in the process. But my own suspicion is it's probably for 50-odd years or something. It's just we don't have records going back that far. I find it particularly interesting that this is happening, though, given that there's still a large percentage of people on furlough. Are they coming back? Are they, you know, what is this restructuring going on in the background or is it growth of companies that are doing okay yeah. and have managed to yeah. hold on during the recession? You know, you know, during the we, we were advising a client yesterday who's got a couple of people on furlough um, who have actually resigned and the jobs market is moving. They've resigned during furlough and just wanted to know what the position was. Um, yeah. I think the market is moving. Lots of people are reviewing their own work status, what they're doing, making life choices about how they want to go on post-pandemic. And people are moving. It is an incredibly tight candidate market, though. And the really big thing is rates of uh, wage inflation are high. The rate of temporary wages is higher than it has been for a, a very long time. Uh, we're seeing um, temps who would normally be at the minimum wage being offered incentive, travels allowance, additional pay, because employers can't find the people. So mm. it is a really, really tight market, and we're going to see that continue as we go on. Um, do you know, I can see somebody's actually just typed a comment here, and I'm trying very hard to read it, read it on my screen. Um, do you think the government will allow EU workers in the hospitality sector like they did for fruit pickers. Um, this is where I realise I've got my screen set too small. I'm trying to read that. So I hope I've captured that one right. And we try and wrap that one up just as we come towards the end of our 10-minute slot. Um, do you know, I, I think it's a really interesting question. My own view is that the economy, that the government have to respond to the economy. So I think we will see changes in education um, and in benefits to try and help work pay and help workers interpay. So they will look at different ways to fill the gap. But I think essentially where we need workers, um, it's Honestly, it's insane not to allow people in if the British economy requires those skills. Um, I don't know where you are on that, Kimberly. I completely agree. I mean, there's always been, uh, you know, regulations around the kinds of skills that we're looking for. But I think that's changed significantly in recent years, particularly since Brexit. And so, yes, I completely agree that there needs to be some flexibility as to, you know, if we can't find people here, we need to go further afield. Yes, yeah. And I think that will happen. It has to happen. Failure to do so, I think, is politically unacceptable. And, you know, these people may only be accountable every few years of an election, but they are accountable. And if they get these things wrong, mm. I think ultimately the uh, cost will be paid at election. So, yes, I do think that will happen to some extent. So. Yes, and also they, you know, it might damage the economy, economic growth. Yes. Um, because if you can't fill the gaps, it's not going to happen. It's not going to grow. Absolutely, 
On that note, we've answered a live question. There you go. There's our first one. We've answered a live question and it's taken us slightly over our 10 minutes. This is HR in 10 and we've been talking for more than 10. So we will wrap up at that point. Thanks for watching. Hopefully, if you find it useful, click on the subscribe and get notified when we're live. And we will both see you again next week, won't we, Kimberly? We will. Look forward to it. Goodbye. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.